0: From the Mercy One studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells.
1: Well, welcome to Straight Talk, everyone. It's a beautiful Tuesday. Uh, Straight Talk, it's your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world. Plus, commentary on issues that give us grief. You know, and uh, today's one of those that's near and dear to my heart. So it is time for straight talk. If you've got questions. I've got someone here that will be able to answer all your questions. I'm Gene Wells, and so, so grateful to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio on Iowa Catholic Radio. So grateful for their support of the work that we do here at the station. We're discussing today the Catholic schools and who pays for Catholic education. Should the parents pay the full cost? What if the parent can't afford tuition? Do they not have a choice for their children? Well, or should the parish just subsidize the whole cost of the school? Should the state pay to educate all children regardless of what school building they attend? Now, the question of cost aside, what about the quality of education our children receive? How can we ensure our children are receiving the best education possible, and not only academically, but also spiritually? So joining me today is Dr. Dan Ryan. He's the president of Dowling Catholic High School, Uh, very engaged in what's happening at the, the state level and understanding all the legislative things and And um, if you listen to the Governor's Reynolds State of the State address this last week, she spoke in favor of families having a choice of school for their children. And the financial wherewithal of that family should not be a deterrent for them. Uh, In speaking with Tom Chapman this week after the State of the State, he's the executive director of the Iowa Catholic Conference. He and the four bishops of Iowa are very pleased with the inclusion of school choice Uh, that language in the Governor's State of the State Address. And when we come back from break, we were going to be visiting with Dan Ryan about the Governor's Address and how that may impact our schools. But first, some events. This uh, Catholic Schools Week is coming up the end of January, and you can reach out to any of our Catholic schools, speaking of school choice, uh, for a private tour to find out more about their faith formation, academics, and tuition assistance You can find a listing of all the Catholic schools in our diocese. You go online to dmdiocese.org and click on schools. Now this week, uh, one of our schools, Sacred Heart Catholic School in West Des Moines, will host a, a virtual transitional kindergarten and kindergarten information night. So transitional kindergarten is for for kiddos that will be five by September fifteenth, but they're quite not quite ready for kindergarten. So they have another year of formation before they go into uh, traditional the tw- traditional thirteen years K through twelve. Um, that information night is January twenty first. It's from six to seven thirty, and you can uh, register. For this event, you you can add your child to the wait list. And for more information, just call Sacred Heart Catholic School and ask for Julie Kadich. There are other school events coming up next week. I'll keep you informed on those as well. And as always, anytime, anywhere, you can listen to positive and inspiring music through the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Or you can go online to iowacatholicradio.com. Now, in the news, in an email from Bishop Johnson, he wrote, I believe that most Catholics and most people of goodwill were horrified by the mob violence of last Wednesday in our nation's capital. I also believe the first and most fundamental response from our leadership and school and church communities is one of prayer. I encourage your personal prayer for a peaceful transition of power during the inauguration on tomorrow, January 20th, and prayers for peace healing and charity. So here were his suggestions for our prayers. Lord, for healing to a divided country. Lord, for a peaceful transition of power in our country. And Lord, for us to practice Christian charity that loves all, even our enemies. So that as in the prayer of St. Francis, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Now, the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C. has been canceled for 2021. And instead, a virtual march will take place on January 29th. Just go to Iowansforlife.com to find out about that virtual um, March for Life. Uh, And friends, consider wearing your your pro-life attire, uh, posting to your own social media networks, your support of life from conception until natural death. Joining me today is Dr. Dan Ryan, president of Dowling Catholic High School, We're talking about the availability of all for Catholic education. It's time for Straight Talk, right now on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: International for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not.
3: Welcome back to
1: Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio with Stu Wells. And um, this past week, I mentioned Governor Kim Reynolds in her State of the State Address specifically endorsed the importance of school choice and to provide funding for all families to have access to the school that best fits the needs of their children. Now, in case you missed the governor's address, here is about a two-minute clip from her State of the State this last week.
4: If there's one thing that the pandemic has the pandemic has taught us about education, it, it is that our parents need choice. And it's not just in person versus virtual. Sometimes it's about which school to attend altogether. When some schools remained closed or went part time this fall, a lot of parents sent their kids to private school or opened enrolled. But not everyone had that option. Many parents can't afford private school. And because some of our larger districts prohibit open enrollment, they won't let you transfer to another public school. One parent I talked to said that a school administrator actually recommended that she buy a house in the neighboring district if she wanted her son to go to school in person. We need to fix that. School choice shouldn't be limited to those who have the financial means or are lucky enough to live in a district that's confident enough to allow open enrollment. So let's make choice an option for everyone. We can do that by making open enrollment available in all districts and and by allowing our communities more flexibility to create public charter schools where there is a need for an alternative. And we should create education savings accounts for students who are trapped in a failing school. Let's give them another choice by making sure money isn't their barrier. Make no mistake, it's imperative that we have a strong public school system, which is why we have and will continue to prioritize school funding while many other states are cutting their education budgets. But school choice isn't a zero-sum game. It has the potential to raise the quality for all schools. And for those schools that do fall behind, it ensures that our children don't fall with them. Let's work together to make sure every child receives a quality education regardless of income and no matter their zip code.
1: Well, that sounds good, no matter their zip code. I love that. Um, And that her support of um, education savings accounts is something that I know the Iowa Catholic Conference has been working on for some time. So joining me today is Dan Ryan. Dan is the president of Dowling Catholic. And Dan, I mean, your years of Catholic education, what does that message from the governor mean to you after all these
5: years? Well, good morning, Jean. It's, uh, morning. it's a pretty uh, important moment, I would say. Uh, we've never really heard um, members of either party really stand up and talk uh, so specifically about school choice and the mm-hmm. implications of supporting both the public schools but also letting families have a greater role uh, in choosing their child's education.
1: Yeah, it, it was quite shock. I don't know if you saw the script ahead of time. I certainly didn't. And it's like, what? This is fabulous. So now she spoke of no. two things, Dan. She spoke of charter schools and education savings accounts as two options for family. Let's let's help our listeners define a little bit what that means. I mean, we don't hear much of charter schools in Iowa. What does a charter, what does that mean?
5: Right. So uh, in different states, uh, obviously, charter schools have kind of uh, taken different roles and. Since- there is a a narrow provision for charter schools currently in Iowa, and I believe there are two, and they are basically a, a slightly different function of the current public school district. It is my assumption uh, that that is what she means in this current situation that they would still be a part of the uh, the public school, but that they may have some different Formation or in different uh, settings, uh, perhaps a different focus or mission, or different even grade settings than maybe the rest, but uh, also um, potentially some different uh, uh, mechanics on how they f- they do their work. Um, the education savings accounts, um, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, they are a they're a mechanism, they're a tool that allows some, uh, is my understanding, not all, of the uh, state-provided funding per pupil, which I believe is around $6,500, to follow uh, a student to uh, an approved academic setting or academic services. So uh, in our world, in the Catholic school world, what that would mean, and and what we're hearing after the speech, is that this is more about potentially uh, students in, in schools that are failing. Um, so I don't, it's not going to be a wide open door is the assumption mm-hmm. out there in the, in the communications, uh, but that it would allow them to choose, uh, either through open enrollment, uh, uh, or excuse me, a charter school, perhaps open enrollment, but then also the possibility of using some of those funds to pay for tuition at, uh, at a Catholic school or a private school.
1: So would, um, would an education savings account help families that are currently in our Catholic schools. According to what your, what the governor said, or or do we have any specifics, or thoughts around that yet?
5: Uh, I don't think that we have enough specifics to comment mm-hmm. on or say exactly what it's be. So I'll talk about both scenarios. Uh, mm-hmm. If it is just, there's one scenario that's being discussed that there's individuals um, who. Um, could be at a public school and a, and a failing school. And again, what defines a public, uh, a failing school has not been 100% uh, clarified to me. But okay. that those individuals would qualify and then um, be able to move and go to uh, a different setting, you know, the charter, the, the, the private school, the Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an understanding that then that would follow that student the rest of their career. That's what is being discussed. Um, but that hasn't been finalized. In that scenario, Mm -hmm. current families in a a Catholic school would not receive um, assistance. Um, So that's more... Even though they may
1: live in a school district that is failing, however we define that.
5: Right. And we want to be careful about the word district and school, because district, of course, is the whole system. And Mm -hmm. the the language Mm -hmm. being used is school. So you could have you know, uh, two schools in the same district, uh, three miles apart, two miles apart, and one would qualify for the education savings account and the other wouldn't, mm-hmm. um, depending on how they're doing. So I think it's an assumption on my part that what they're trying to do is really uh, to you know, maximize um, accountability and trying to make sure that others individualize that. I don't think they're trying to apply it to an entire district, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, well, so and we the governor made a
1: point of saying that, you know, when there's school choice, it elevates all of the schools because of that accountability piece. You know, if you're losing right. students because you are a failing school, you either are going to continue to lose students or you're going to improve your school.
5: Right. And that, you I mean, that seems Re- like
1: the logical assumption.
5: And there's research that shows that as well. There's some uh, national research that's been done in various states. Um, Ed Choice is a good... Uh, national uh, organization that works on school choice initiatives like education savings accounts that people can go and read the studies for themselves. Um, You know, that have done, you know, kind of gold medal studies is the term they would use to show that. And so there is a lot of evidence out there that these programs help the families that are moving to another situation, but also help uh, those students remaining in the district as well. So individuals can read that for themselves. To jump back to the second scenario about our families, they wouldn't really in this current uh, communication that I'm hearing or the versions that uh, it wouldn't be a universal um, education savings account, like all kindergartners could get that or a through five or anything like that. And so the, the ramification is, it's a much, is a much narrower program. As I said, you know, the number of students potentially affected are probably going to be pretty small and therefore the financial ramifications um, in all directions, are probably going to be minimized uh, by that. Whether it be the public school district, you know, or a, a Catholic school saying, "Well, are they suddenly going to have you know 150 new students?" That's pretty unlikely in the mm-hmm. in the conversations of things that are being heard. And again, it's it's early, <laughs> so we'll see.
1: Right. Well, and we haven't seen the budget yet from the governor, and so yeah, there's lots of lots of variance that we don't really understand yet. But one of the things, I mean, most of our listeners know that that I manage the Catholic Tuition Organization, which provides tuition assistance. And I know when I first heard about these education savings accounts, I'm like, oh, well what is that, how is that going to impact CTO? I mean, will CTO go away because of education savings accounts? So um from your perspective, how do you see that working, Dan? Uh
5: no, I don't see, th- so these are two school choice programs and they have some fundamental differences in who, mm-hmm. apply- who qualifies and how they work. Um, so the ESA, we've talked about that a lot and if it's for, if, if it's for students from a failing school, it's very much on a, you know, more of a geographical uh, situation, right? And the, the Catholic Tuition Organization as part of the Educational Opportunities Act uh, from about 14 years ago, and mm-hmm. it provides tuition assistance on a means base so you have to have a certain family income low enough to qualify for that tuition assistance um, that's administered through through a student tuition organization like the Catholic tuition organization mm-hmm. of Des Moines so uh, even if and again this is this is not a strong likelihood in this year in my uh, analysis of it but you know if there was a significant ESA program for K through five students, um, you know, there's in the Catholic world, um, you know, there's a lot of revenue streams. The parish supports the school, uh, tuition supports the school, fundraising, um, CTO, those things. And so those kind of actually artificially lower the perceived cost of educating at our schools. And, mm-hmm. um, so, or the teachers sometimes receive less pay and that artificially reduces the cost right. as well. And the reason I bring all this up is, let, if for example, you know, there was a $2,000, um, uh, ESA, Education Savings Account, well, that wouldn't even cover our current tuition. It certainly wouldn't come close to covering the full real cost, you know, at an elementary or high school. So there would be a need um to help those other families uh like it does now um on top of that ESA because as you know Gene, and, and I do here at Dallin Catholic uh we, we we have the highest tuition it is eight thousand five hundred dollars roughly um mm-hmm. it doesn't cover our full cost I and mean, a lot of people fail to realize that uh but we have a lot of students whose need is well above you know sixty five hundred seven thousand dollars um and uh, really, there'd be no other way those families could come here. And the great thing about it, as you know, is that that's increased our, uh, our diversity, uh, both mm-hmm. in socioeconomic terms and also in, um, in uh, racial diversity.
1: Well, and I believe, Dan, I, I mean, I went to a Catholic school system in Fort Dodge, and at that time, we were all Caucasian, you know, and it's right. like, okay, okay. You know, you thought, you you know, that's the way the world was. And then all of a sudden you're in the work world and you're like, oh, there's lots of people of different colors and shapes and sizes and ethnicities. And how much richer those school experiences are for our kiddos if they are exposed to different cultures, different lifestyles, um, different um Different family traditions is what I meant. Um, you know, things that give them a broader perspective of the world, and and I'm I'm grateful that we can help those families, um, all families, choose Catholic school if that's if that's um, the choice for their family. And I think the governor's remarks about school choice makes that <laughs> brings that point home. No, um, right, right. As as we talk about you know this governor's efforts, she mentioned some of the heroic efforts by schools and teachers throughout the state to meet the needs of students. And I've been so impressed by our own Catholic schools and some of the heroic measures that they've um, they have done in these last 10 months during the pandemic. And, you know, I'm sure that you have stories to tell from Dowling Catholic or, or from some of the other schools that you have exposure to because of family situations of the heroic efforts by our schools and our teachers to meet the needs of families during the last 10 months?
5: Right, right. Well, I think, first of all, we have to commend all the teachers and and the staff members. And um, it just makes it, it obvious how critical every, you know, from the cafeteria staff to the maintenance, to even your business offices that are dealing with so many new federal programs that they have to Work out and figure out that, you know, it's, it really is a team effort and that's just been, uh, really exemplified here at Dowling Catholic. So a huge thank you to everybody for making that happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the teachers, it's, it's different in January, obviously, than it wasn't in August. And, you know, at Dowling, we took an approach where we really banked heavily on the technology and I think that that's paid a lot of dividends and that students that are home 100% virtual really are able to come into the classroom on time, to be seen, to be heard, the teacher, the classroom can be seen and heard. In real time, right? Real time, right, right. Yeah, so So the students at
1: home are meeting with the teacher when their classmates are in the classroom. So they're all together, together,
5: right? Right, and so, you know, many of us, exactly correct, and and the, the tools that the teacher have are all usually based off of being on a Chromebook, which every student has. So, you know, I call it the simple, instead of raising your hand, now it's, uh, you know, everybody types in their answer and it shows up on the screen and they call on a particular student, right? And so mm-hmm. I, it's just it's the same practices in a different way and the, and having the Google breakouts if you're uh, into Zoom or Google and those things and understanding now that, you know, instead of putting somebody in a physical group, you may have two kids in the classroom and two at home. Um, and, it, and it's been a, a growth for everyone. And so our teachers have really grown in their technology tools. Um, mm-hmm. And then also but trying to meet the social and emotional needs. And so we've, we've fluctuated. We've used all three. We've had some 100% virtual when necessary. We've had the hybrid, which is that, what we were discussing of. And now we're uh, in face-to-face. And, uh, again, you know, the, the fortunate thing is the numbers have started to kind of stay down, at least at Dowling Catholic. I know at the, I think I know at the Catholic Elementary, they've remained pretty low throughout the year, so that's been a real kudos to them. Um, low as far as
1: 100% it, online or low as to what?
5: Uh, the number of uh, cases, uh, positive cases. Oh, number COVID of cases. cases. Oh,
1: okay.
5: Yes, yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's allowing us to, to do more of that face-to-face and keep the students and the, and the families uh, engaged in doing that. So uh, I think that that's been a, a real positive evolution. I know at the elementary, they've been able to really maintain that at a high level, um, you know, with occasional, uh, you know, uh, cases here and there. So um, what it's really done, though, is I think it exemplified the dedication um, to the faith, uh, to keeping those activities going. You know, for example, we we will be conducting our first Kairos retreat this weekend of the year. We've tried <laughs> a couple of other times and had to kind of suspend, but it looks, mm-hmm. looks positive. Um, we've had some events. We have a revive events where we were able to have about 50 students present for, um, you know, in our chapel and spread out, um, and wearing masks, but then also, uh, you know, uh, to have somebody witness and talk about their faith and share some of those things. So we're able to keep those going and, um, whether it be the athletics and, and, you know, those other things, fortunately for the most part, we've really been able to keep them going. So, uh, it is, it's been, it's been great. And, uh, just a real inspiration. Um, But of course, people are waiting also to get vaccinated.
1: (laughs) Well, and Dan, you know, we've had 10 months of this virus and, and, you know, and we've learned a lot of things. Now, my grandma used to always say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So, so some of these unique strategies, just because we get the vaccine and we're all face to face, there's good things that have come out of this coronavirus is Is there new strategies or unique strategies that you see as an ongoing piece, even once there's vaccines and we're all healthy, wealthy, and wise?
5: So one of them would not be obvious to the outside world, but it's very obvious to us is that with our departments have been coming closer together and using common assessments and classes at significant chapters or or quarters or definitely semesters. So that, you know, because we have such a big student population, you have four sections of a particular English class. Well, they get they get different teachers, right? <laughs> or the next year, obviously, they have different oh. teachers. And so we have to make sure that we're consistent in our teaching. This has really helped that tremendously because so many teachers came together in a department and said, how are you going to teach this? What's, ha- what technology tool are you going to use, um, especially when you're at hybrid?" really forced them to be on the same page in a much more significant way, and they shared a lot more resources, and I think it grew our relationships. So that mm-hmm. that's not something that people would maybe typically think of, but it's been a huge benefit and it'll last for a number of years. Um, the te- technology integration in the classroom, um, mm-hmm. and I'll be specific, that at times you have students that maybe have an illness, a significant illness, that they're going to be out for weeks or, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe even in a hospital, This really provides them a valuable tool um, to keep their education moving. Mm -hmm. And so that would definitely be one that we keep moving forward. Uh, Now, Dan, the most important
1: question, though, did you have a snow day uh, (laughs) when we had that big snow last week, or did everybody go virtual?
5: So we did. Because I want snow days, <laughs> right? Yes, and so do a lot of other people. <laughs> so this is a, a very interesting question, and in some ways it seems simple, and then you realize it's uh, quite complicated. But um, the good news is we started on August 23rd when we were supposed to, and a lot of other schools did not. They kind of pushed back for a week or two. And um, so we're really doing well on having our number of days in. So when this snow day came, we weren't really in a tough spot as far as a number of hours, a number of days to meet the state requirement. So we didn't have a lot of pressure. And, you know, I I would think, I assume like Des Moines Public is really, you know, trying to keep up with those um, with a little bit later start. So uh, we did go ahead and and just had traditional snow day a little bit in the sense of, uh you we talked about whether you still bring in the teachers to the building uh what other things would you do and again um not having the students here is a little bit of a a surprise if you see what i'm saying because if you prepare your lessons in a particular way and then you know you don't know if you're really going to have that snow day or not and there is a difference in how you prepare and present those materials so We felt at this early juncture, we were just going to do the snow day, but it's still an issue that we're kind of discussing for, for future uh, timeframes. And one thought is, well, if you have a one-off snow day, maybe it's okay just to have the snow day. But there have been times in my career where a district I can remember uh, uh, had 13 or 15 snow days Mm. and it was a bad, bad winter. And so, When you get in that situation, it might be more of the line of saying, well, we're going to do this virtually then. Yeah. And I think that's also something that the Department of Ed is going to have to start to understand and start to classify because it really wasn't an issue before. Mm -hmm. And now uh, it will be. And so there will probably be a lot of work moving into future years about what counts uh, for uh, attendance and making sure that a virtual option is uh, uh, accepted.
1: Well, just so you know, I worked right through the snow day.
5: There you go. I traveled well, from my, I, you know,
1: bedroom to the living room to the office and you know, the snow wasn't you know. bad at all.
5: <laughs> well, I've I've told some high school students that someday they might be saying to their students, We remember when we used to have snow days and, and they and their children never have. So yeah, it's a right. it's a real possibility moving forward.
1: Hey, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we're gonna visit with Dan Ryan about Um, The plight of Catholic schools, you know, Cardinal Dolan has talked about the closing of Catholic schools on the East Coast. You know, what are we doing to make sure that our schools have longevity? You're listening to Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future.
5: Not going along with the crowd will help you stand out in the crowd. Build a Ken Construction proudly supports Iowa Catholic Radio. Build a Ken Construction is a commercial general contractor providing pre-construction, estimating, and scheduling services through completion of construction. We can build projects ranging from tenant improvements and historical renovations to high-rise buildings. We build confidence. Learn more about the nearly forty projects in the Des Moines metro area. Completed by Build a Can Construction by visiting www.bdconstruct.com.
6: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemn, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for eighty percent of the world. Kemn is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than five hundred specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for. eighty. 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company. Providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Suns Nature can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Suns Nature online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio When Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence Brewing Company at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company offers curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Gusty wind and chilly temperatures for the afternoon. We have low pressure moving across our area along with a cold front. Wind will be gusting up to 35 miles per hour and will stay around 32 for the afternoon high. Overnight, clearing up and getting cold with our low near 18, it stays windy. And then a Sunday day coming up tomorrow, breezy and a little bit warmer, high near 45. Upper 30s and fair Thursday. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Welcome back to Straight Talk and Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and today we're talking about affordability of Catholic education, and is it available to all families, all students, and also the challenges that are facing our Catholic schools. And today, joining me is Dr. Dan Ryan, president of Dowling Catholic. And uh, as we've been talking about the governor's State of the State address and school choice, and and those options, it makes our um, our schools seem like it's even more viable, but, but Dan, as you know, Cardinal, uh, Timothy Dolan has talked about the plight and the closing of Catholic schools on the East coast. And they may have been pushed over the edge by economic impact of coronavirus. You know, maybe they were already teetering. Um, but looking at Catholic education as a whole, not just Dowling, if we Dowling Catholic, what have been some of the issues you see facing the longevity of Catholic schools?
5: Yes, uh, and it's, it's always difficult to say from different parts of the country because there's some traditions, but I think we can generalize to a few things and I'll be much more specific to, you know, maybe the state of Iowa or Des Moines region, yes. I mm-hmm. guess is where I would be. But, um, first and foremost, uh, I, you know, we very often quickly jump to money and, and I will talk about that, but I think one of the most important things any organization, business, institution school has to really clearly understand is its mission and what it's doing. And, and we could, we could simply say, well, of course, we're here to create, you know, faith filled leaders for life, or, um, you know, we're creating um, the future generation of Catholics and all of those things are, are true, but I think you have to get a little deeper in that. And so one of the things, one of the blessings of COVID is that we have, we had started prior and it's it's kind of intensified the conversation between the parishes uh, with schools uh, and Dowling and um, really to talk about these exact issues of how are we going to, um, you know, create lifelong Catholics, what things are working, what things are not. And I'll I'll put all of those under mission, but I would also talk about roles and maybe research as well, because uh, times have changed and our tools to use are different than 20, 30, 40 years ago, 100 years ago, um, but some of the same concepts are still true, and I think the concepts that are still accurate are the parish has a role, the school serves a role, the family serves a role, and that, that family, the primary educator and the school is there to assist them, and the school is there to assist the parish, and, and the parish is really the center of our, our faith life through the sacraments and, you know, and just all the other traditions. So I think having that conversation up front and really being crystal clear with each other is an essential step, and you don't hear that as much. But I think it's as I've really been reflecting. I think that's absolutely the first and most important step. Then I think we get to the to the business model of the schools, and in Iowa we have a very strong tradition of a parish-based support mechanism financially. And that's based on the concept of the parish is responsible for the education of the children of the parish. And that's a wonderful thing and something that we need to continue. But we also have to realize um, that some different uh, financial things are happening with our parishes. And some of our parishes, uh, a very high percentage of their uh, um, revenue is going to the school. Um, And we may have to look at that and offset that. Um, At Dowling, uh, I can be very concrete here. We did raise the tuition fairly significantly uh, in the in the early 2000s, between 2003 and 2010. And that gave us the revenue to increase our teacher pay. Uh, again, we pay what the public schools pay, but there are, there are schools in, in all the Des, our Des Moines area. Oh, no. In the Des Moines, there's uh, two years ago, this was Akron, I believe it still generally is, uh, the difference between Dowling starting pay in one of the elementaries in town was a $14,000 difference. Mm -hmm. That's 25% difference in pay. And you're talking somebody who's probably 23 to 25 coming out of college. And they can't take that pay. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. And you talked earlier, Dan,
1: about how um, all these different revenue streams, and sometimes it's on the back of the teachers because if you've got X number of teachers that are making $14,000 less, you know, it's like, oh, well, their lower pay is allowing tuition to be lower even for families that can afford a higher tuition. And is that,
5: is is that just? And is that just, and then on the flip side, which we're more aware of and is also true, it's, it's too, there (laughs) is also true is we have families who desperately need to be in our schools. We are yes. a huge support mechanism for them. We are really a path to a much more positive uh, future for that family, and they can't afford it. So, in a way, you feel like, well, it's in, it's in, it's impossible, right? But I don't I don't think that it is. I think what we need to do is it's a core. It needs to be a coordinated approach. But we also have to increase our tuition assistance dollars. And I know there's conversations about that, but you know. Whether, you know, for example, Dowling Catholic and Holy Family Elementary School have been able to successfully establish some foundations. You know, potentially down the road, is there a possibility that um, there's a foundation for K-12 tuition assistance in the Des Moines Diocese? I don't know. I mean, that's something that would have to be discussed. Uh, but if we could do that, or we could use the CTO program or you know all of those things to meet those needy families' needs, and mm-hmm. then raise the teacher pay. I think I think we can work through that. So it's really it's a little bit of a, a change in the business model, if that makes sense, uh, and and really understanding where your revenues come from, and and uh, again you know asking those individuals whether they be donors to a campaign or. If you're, you know, if you've been blessed by God and you have more resources and you're able to afford more of that tuition, then, you know, being able to pay that. So, you know, those are new ideas in many ways, and they're uh, being explored and, and nothing's been decided. Uh, but it's it's something we definitely have to consider. Um, you know, as somebody who's spent, you know, 20 years now as an administrator in Catholic schools in Iowa, I know there's a great many of us that are not willing to just sit by and watch the slow mm-hmm. death of, of our Catholic schools. Right. Um, and, if that, and if that means change, then I think we have to look at that as a real possibility.
1: Well, we need to take our last break of the show. And when we come back, we're going to visit with Dr. Dan Ryan about the, um, this study that's been going on about, um, I don't know if revamping is, is too strong of a word, but um, addressing these issues and how do we create longevity for our schools What do we need to do if the study's done? What are the results? Are those available yet? All of that and more right now on Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Thank you to Bozen the Florist for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio, Dallin Catholic Football, and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. What better way to send a message to a friend or a loved one than a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers? Hey, this is Tom Bozen from Bozen the Florist. Our family business has been helping central Iowans send messages locally and around the world for almost 100 years. Whatever the occasion, whatever the message, we can help you say more with Bozen. That's 244-ROSE, 244-7673, or visit us at bozen.com.
6: At Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, our number one rule is the Golden Rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And there is no better time than now to be living it. This year has been one for the record books, and the hits just keep on coming. So at Golden Rule, we are doing what we can to help out yet again. Introducing our Golden Age Buyback Program. As your HVAC system reaches the golden years of life, we will give you up to $1,500 to have it replaced. Everyone deserves the Golden Rule, and this is one way Golden Rule gives back to you. Go to GoldenRulePHC.com.
1: Welcome back It's Great Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and joining me today is Dr. Dan Ryan, the president of Dowling Catholic High School, and we're talking about availability for all families to have Catholic education, the role of Catholic education, and the challenges that are facing us. and And that's where I want to go with this last segment, Dan. I know there's been a study that was worked on during 2020, and I believe that research has been done. Uh, Give us a recap of what the focus was of that study and, and where we are in the
5: process. Right. So, uh, out of a couple of various uh, uh, prompts, uh, there's been a conversation about in the Des Moines region or the Des Moines metro area uh, how the schools, the 11 uh, elementaries and Dallin Catholic high schools, so all 12, and their supporting parishes, how can we work more closely together? Um, mm-hmm. whether that be to more clearly uh, work together on that mission piece, as we spoke about uh, some already around academics um, and then also around business, you know, from uh, how, how is all of this doing or tuition assistance or even, you know, purchasing and those sorts of things. And so um, we were uh, in in the process of that, the pastors were uh, getting uh, more involved about a year ago, and then COVID came, and so there was quite a long stretch where really nothing was happening. But what's happening at this point is we're still very early in the process and by no means have any decisions have been made, but there's still a conversation and starting to to grow an understanding of several areas. Um, so those areas, would you know, they're, they're continuing to talk about governance, they're still trying to understand uh, the financial ramifications and how that would affect all the different uh, expenses and major revenue areas. Uh, and, then, uh, and then some things are happening already in the in the faith and the academic areas, I would say, as well. So it's still progressing along, um, but at this point, uh, it's still pre- pretty preliminary. And I think that the important thing is both what's being discussed and how it's being done. And so uh, I'll talk a little bit about the how, if that's okay, in the sure. sense of there's regardless of the institutions, but I would definitely say in the Catholic Church. So much of what happens and and how its success is going to uh, be determined is based on relationships. And so no. uh, you're talking about a lot of individuals, a lot of pastors, a lot of administrators. You're eventually starting to get into school board members and others that just care great deeply. So. So we're taking kind of the time, I think, to talk through these issues, and the mission piece is a great example of that. But, you know, I've heard pastors talking about that and and really kind of trying to understand who's going to handle what piece. And then um, there's some really, I think one of the advantages we have in today's world is that we actually have Catholic institutions going out and doing research, um, you know, through interviews, qualitative, quantitative research, on what's working, um, and I think that we're, I'm hoping, you know, this is my personal opinion, you know, we're starting to really look at how are those relationships um, with an adult and a child affecting their long-term uh, sustainability as a Catholic? How would prayer be a part of that? How about having a devotion or reading scripture? Because those are things that the, the research is really saying stand out as indicators of long-term faith uh, immersion, and if we could get those things coordinated the parishes and you're doing this and the schools and the families are having those expectations of their role. I think we see a lot more success in keeping uh, the pews full in the long term and people, you know, souls getting to heaven, which is what we're trying mm-hmm. to do on the, yeah, that's, on the that's governance the bottom side, of line, And I,
1: I love that there's yeah. already conversations about um, that faith formation, how, how that works. and, and, because really that, that gets at the quality of our product. Yes. The quality of our souls, but the quality of our product in our schools. And if you have a good quality product, then, you know, it's, it's much easier to sell a product if you've got a good, good um, track record of, of success. So now I, I, I I want to move on quickly because we have limited time. You know, you mentioned, you know, the, the 11 elementary and 12 with Dowling, um, You know, is that is that a regional model? And and if so, we have 16 schools. How are there going to be multiple regions? Do we even know that yet?
5: I don't think that there's 100 percent known. I think there's parts of that that we can answer. Um, You know, uh, you know, I went I grew up in Council Bluffs and uh, went to St. Albert's uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. And so in many ways, that's been a region for decades. And, uh, you'll perhaps if Des Moines is coming together, then there'd be greater collaboration there and maybe, and, uh, maybe a greater, uh, uh, collaboration on business practices and those other things. Um, and then it's, you know, how would that look in a, in the rural schools? I don't know. Um, you know, and that's where the Catholic Schools Office and the Superintendent is really working with those individually. And, you know, again, I think there could be similarities, but I think there's also room for differentiation. Mm-hmm. And so that would uh, be something that's definitely not caste by any means, but something that the Catholic schools office would really uh, be taking the lead on. And and again, I think the regions could learn from each other, um, but that they wouldn't actually have to be a uh, cook, uh, cookie cutter of each other either.
1: You know, Dan, I know so many of our schools have a real affinity to their own School and you know there's that bit of competition that you know mm-hmm. friendly competition. My school is better than your school, but if we're really looking at the souls of our kids, we want to do what is best for all of them. And and I'm excited about um, the research and the, and the growth and the opportunity for all of our Catholic schools. and And I know folks can stay tuned here at Iowa Catholic Radio because we'll we'll address these issues and have good conversations with you and Donna Bishop and our school principals about the challenges and the opportunities that our, our schools have um, for our kids. But let's, let's come back full circle to the beginning of our conversation, the governor's state of the state. And if you would recap how important it is that our governor is talking about school choice and how important that is to our families and to our schools.
5: Well, I, you know, again, if you look back in the last 12 to 14 years when school choice really became, or parental choice really became a conversation topic, uh, we've never had a governor come forward and talk this directly about that. And I'm sure there's a variety of of things, and she really kind of pointed those out in her conversation that kind of led her to that. But I think uh, it is an important moment, and I think it's an important moment for Catholics to realize that, you know, the Catholic Church has, has has a standing on this, and it has a long-term in the Declaration on Christian Education, and I, I can't remember what decade that came out, but they really talked about the fact that it is the responsibility of the government to empower the parents to have the choice of putting their child in the educational setting that best suits their needs. Mm-hmm. And so when the governor is coming into this, while, you know, some people are Republican and Democrat and this, I'm you know, we're looking at this from a Catholic point of view, and the Church has been pretty straightforward in that, that empowering those parents to have that choice because they know their child and uh, allowing them to uh, work with their beliefs is the right thing. So I'm really excited. It is a huge uh, opportunity to have the governor bringing this up and we'll continue to do everything we can to have that support our schools, but most importantly, support our families and other families um, that may not even choose our setting. But uh, again, I think that's just going to be best for uh, the state um, quite honestly, and the families and, and the communities within the state. So I'm very pleased. Yeah.
1: When the students are rooted in their faith, that means they're also rooted in the values and virtues. They become right. members of contributing members of society, um, service above self. All of those things are so important to our society as well as to their soul. Dan Ryan, right. thank you so much. God bless you and your work at Dowling Catholic. Um, friends, we will keep uh, Dan on our short list as things evolve with this uh, um, uh, education savings account. So we will keep you informed of all of those changes. I want to thank my producer, Jimmy Olson. And today I'm June Wells and I'm asking today St. Joseph Calisans, patron saint for all to attend Catholic schools to help us find ways for Catholic education to be affordable for all families. St. Joseph Calisans, pray for us. Iowa Catholic Radio is a listener-supported station, and we perpetually rely on your prayers and support to continue our mission of connecting listeners with Christ. You can give to Iowa Catholic Radio at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, and always available on podcasts through the Iowa Catholic Radio free app. Stay tuned now for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless.
0: Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk, heard every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and replayed at 10 p.m. Only on Iowa Catholic Radio.